The following audio is from the Grove Church. To find out more about our church or to check out previous messages, go to our website at grove.church. Well, good morning, everyone. How are we today? We're awake, we're caffeinated, there's sunshine, it's a beautiful day, and you get to see my beautiful face. You're welcome for that today. So glad you're here today. Uh, if, if I've not had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Pastor Nick will be back this next Sunday. He's finishing up his vacation where he's willingly moved his mother-in-law, done a great job, has loved his family from Missouri. Uh, I lived in Missouri for 15 months. I know Pastor Ryan called it misery. Uh, I feel like I have more credibility called misery because it is. But, um, but yeah, so he, he'll be back this next week. He says hello. He's, he misses you guys and can't wait to see you. Uh, and Pastor Ryan is up in Canada fishing. So uh, you, you get to hang out with me today. If you're tuning in online, I'm so glad you're here as well. Thank you for being a part of the Grove, even from where you're at. So glad you're tuned in as well. Uh, we're going to be in John chapter 15. So hopefully you brought a Bible that you can open up. Uh, to follow along with us. Uh, if maybe you didn't bring a Bible, maybe you have your Bible app. would love for you to open up to John 15. We do make sure every week uh, to put the scripture on the screen behind us as well. So you will be able to follow along. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I do want to say this very briefly. If you're a first-time guest or maybe you recently have been attending the Grove, here's our heartbeat as a church, is we really want to be a place where you can belong. We really, that's what God has called us to. Uh, and so I hope that it so far has been your experience, and I hope it continues to be your experience. And so I just want to extend a welcome and a thank you to you for being here. Uh, and I do want to reiterate something that we brought up in the video announcements. That is the back-to-school bash that's coming on August 23rd, just about eight days away uh, from 4 to 7 p.m. This is, this is an incredible outreach that we do uh, that really came from Pastor Adrian, our Grove Kids pastor. Her heart just trying to, she doesn't like seeing families. We don't like seeing families go without school supplies. Uh, and so to be able to create an event where we're able to, to supply a need, pun intended, uh, we, we really look forward to this event every year. And so uh, if, you're, if you're someone who your family needs school supplies, we would love for you to show up and just be a part of it. There's no charge. We're going to have kind of a mini carnival idea going on. Uh, there's going to be inflatables. There's backpacks and lunch boxes and water bottles. Uh, we really just want to serve as best we can. Uh, there's actually something we wanted to do last year that we weren't able to, uh, but this year we get to also do haircuts. Uh, and so it's going to be a really incredible event. So if you need school supplies, we'd love for you to show up. Uh, maybe you don't need school supplies, but you're able to then also help provide supplies. We'd love for you to be able to give in any way you possibly can, whether you buy extra school supplies, maybe you give today and designate it to the back-to-school bash, you're welcome to do that. Or maybe you can just come and show up and hang out. If you need a fun thing to do on a Tuesday evening, uh, we'd love for you to be a part of it too. So it's an incredible event. We're excited for it. Our second annual back-to-school bash is happening on August 23rd, and I wanted to make you aware of that. Um, before I jump into John 15, I just have a simple question for you. Uh, it's, it's a word I'm trying to get everybody updated with the language today. As a former youth pastor, I feel that that's my responsibility, bridging the gap. Um, has anybody ever heard of this word called hangry before? I'm just kidding. I'm not bridging the gap at all, right? Um, has anybody willing to admit that you've been called hangry? Uh, my hand is raised as high as I can because uh, that is often my my dilemma at times. If you don't know what the word hangry is, that's okay. It's a combination of hungry and angry. Uh, and as, in other words, it's simply this. When you don't eat, you're more angry or more susceptible to anger and reacting differently. Uh, and one of the things that I love is going back to like Super Bowls, uh, Snickers. Anybody like Snickers? Snickers is one of my favorite candy bars. Some of you already know where I'm going with this. They capitalized on this word called hangry. Uh, and they created commercials around this idea of you're not you when you're hungry, so grab a Snickers. Um, I had a Snickers ice cream bar last night, and I'm not at all regretting it because I love it so much. 
But here's the thing I love. One of my favorite commercials uh, is with uh, Richard Lewis, I think, is, and Roseanne Barr. And it's, an, it's taking place in a lumber yard where they're cutting trees and prepping them for hauling out. And you have this guy, Richard, who's playing, his character's name is John. And the foreman walks over and says, hey, John, can you pick up the speed a little bit? And you have the, you have the, the celebrity saying, you know, I'm not really feeling it with this work stuff. And sets his chainsaw down and the foreman's like, really? He's like, what, is there a shortage on gazebos? And then you have this, this voice, okay? I can't do a Roseanne Barr impression, so I'm not going to even try. But she's like, my back, hey, my back hurts. And if you remember this commercial, it makes me laugh every time I think of it. This big old log comes and slams her in the chest and knocks her on her back. And she's like, now my front hurts. Um, and it's one of my favorite Snickers commercials. But here's what happens. The whole, and the, the slogan at the end, they give them the Snickers bars. They go back to their normal selves. Uh, and the slogan is this, you're simply not you when you don't eat. So grab a Snickers. Um, so you're welcome if you're hungry now. Maybe you're on the verge of being hangry. I'm sorry. Um, but here's what happens when you or you find someone in this void of not having eaten and becoming hangry, right? They're, they aren't fit to what? Make a decision. <laughs> they aren't fit to be nice, to act kindly. They're really just not fit to be a productive member of society, are they? They're fit to do one thing and one thing only. What's that? Eat. eat. <laughs> grab something to eat. And this is even evident in children, but even more so in adults, okay? Um, but I would simply say uh, today for us, for the purpose of this downtime wrap-up, is that I really do believe if we don't rest as Jesus intends and commands us to, we will become spiritually hangry. Where we're not fit to make the appropriate decisions, where we're not fit to act nicely, where we're not fit to act with prudence and wisdom and to be gracious and, dare I say, productive and effective members of society. If we neglect rest, we become unfit to be productive and effective. And this series has really done an intentional job to build upon itself week over week over week. And I know Pastor Ryan did this last week, but I also want to take a moment and just kind of recap so all of us can get up to speed as far as what today is about. And if you haven't had a chance to, to, to listen to every week so far, can I strongly encourage you, go back to week one and listen all the way through because it's building to a point, and I really do appreciate the timing of the series as we are ramping back up into fall. And I don't know if you feel like me, but I was asked earlier, how's your summer been? I'm like, I feel like it just started, but it's almost over. Uh, and so it's, it's one of those crazy times where I think it's really time, the, the, the timing of the series is poignant. Uh, but the first week, Pastor Nick launched this series and talking about this idea of business as a badge. Where if I were to paraphrase that we as a, as a culture, we as people have drank the Kool-Aid that says busyness is success. And the busier you are, the better uh, you are to be in general. The more successful you have the appearance of. And he really kind of called us out in the sense to, to understand busyness isn't a badge for you and I as followers of Jesus. Jesus modeled a different way. And it's not to say that we shouldn't work hard and be hardworking, but it, we shouldn't walk around saying, man, I'm busy and that means I'm doing great. But it's understanding this call to rest is really important as a Christian. And Pastor Nick then followed up in week two talking about the Sabbath. And how Sabbath is something that was originally created and written in the law, the Ten Commandments. Where God wrote and created the Sabbath. Where Jesus reiterates the Sabbath was created not for man, but man was created for the Sabbath. Where you and I were created to have a day and a moment of rest. That even God himself at creation modeled this behavior to rest after working hard. And the challenge for you and I is then to understand what does it mean 
to have rest. Where Jesus fulfilled rest, he is now fulfilling the Sabbath, but he then becomes our source of rest. So for those of us understanding, and I appreciate Pastor Nick's transparency to say what, what was restful for him is not always going to be restful for you. Pulling weeds in my garden and doing landscaping is not restful for me. But it is for him. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. That's the diversity of the body of Christ, right? Like we, we are wired strategically. God has created us. And even Pastor Ryan th throws me out there last week. and says golf is not restful for him. He enjoys it, but it's re rewarding and replenishing for me. Uh, and I, had, I golfed on Friday morning. It was great. And I was physically a little tired, but I was full because it was so much fun being in God's creation and chasing this neon green ball all over the course <laughs> and getting my 13,000 steps in. <laughs> but he talked about this idea of how do we rest? And Jesus at the end of it is the source of rest. He fulfills the Sabbath, which now you and I are called to find our rest in him. And then I love what Pastor Ryan brought up last week, talking about this idea of rhythms of rest where he brings up the idea of divert daily, to withdraw weekly, and to abandon annually, which is this intentional decision with our calendar, with our rhythms. Are we mindful and intentional about how we rest? And I think that that was so powerful. And I loved even at the end of the message, Ryan was referring to Pastor Craig Rochelle in a conversation, a podcast he was listening to. And Pastor Craig and even Ryan reiterated this, was the idea of a mindset shift that has to happen. Where instead of I'm resting because I need it, because I'm at my wit's end, because I'm, I'm worn out and I need to take a break or I don't know what's going to happen, to I work from a place of rest. I work from a rhythm of rest. Because as we lead to week four, the conversation today is simply this, that the benefits of rest means more effective work. For you and I today, as we understand this entire picture of rest, it leads us to a place where you and I become more effective with the work God has put in front of us. Whether we are business owners, whether we are managers in our, our companies, whether we are parents, hello, we need rest more than we realize, right? Whether we're husbands or wives or aspiring to be husbands or wives, whether we're in college and navigating the crazy full-time schedule of college and work and trying to make ends meet and live in the society and the world that we live in on the west side of Washington State, which just seems to get more and more expensive, whether we're a teenager just having fresh dreams about our life and what God intends, whether we're a grandparent looking for our legacy and how do we continue even after our lives have come and gone. At the end of the day, we become more effective in the work God has in front of us when we are diligent and mindful about rest. And I would simply say it this way, that I believe the byproduct of rest comes from obedience to rest. And I love what Jesus tells us in John 15 here. And I want to read a few verses and then I'll pray and share a few thoughts with us and hopefully send us out the door encouraged but challenged to be intentional about this conversation of rest. It says this in John 15. These are the words of Jesus. He's speaking to his closest disciples. And he says this, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he, and he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you. Just as the branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. 
If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wanted and it will be done for you. And then verse 8, my father is glorified in this. Quick little side note, if you ever read something that says how God is glorified, underline it, highlight it, and pay attention to it. But it says this, that you produce fruit, much fruit, and prove to be my disciples. Let's pray today for God's, God's word in our time. Lord, we thank you for a beautiful day where we get to gather. I thank you that you have purposed this series through our pastor's heart for this time. Lord, as I leave and look to sports schedules, to school schedules in my own family, my own life, my own rhythms, God, I am thankful that I'm reminded now to pause, that I get to come to the end of this series and be reminded of the benefits of, of resting, of being diligent and mindful of my calendars. Lord, today I simply pray that in the busyness of our schedules, in the busyness of even our minds today, where we're thinking ahead or we're, we're getting a little anxious about work tomorrow or we're, we're thinking of what's happening after church. God, I pray that there would just be peace in this room in the name of Jesus and I pray for a pause so we could be more receptive and more aware of you, Holy Spirit, speaking directly to our hearts. Give us the courage to trust you and the willingness to be obedient to what you tell us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. I love John 15 in the context of this downtime series because it's a reminder, very simply, I don't know if you caught it, Jesus was repeating himself a lot, to remain in him. See, you and I are in this world where we take on the ownership and we take on the work and we know that, man, it's, it's, it's going to get done and I'm going to get it done. To remain in Jesus. Jesus is speaking to a very agrarian society, so anytime he talks about fruitfulness, they understand right away what he's implying. And I love that in John 15, he starts off saying, my father, referring to God, is the gardener. Which indicates, and in the conversation, he simply says, your responsibility as a follower of Jesus is to remain in me. Remain in Christ. Because God is the gardener, it's the gardener's responsibility to cultivate soil, to prune, to take care of, so that the end result is multiplied. What's the end result and the goal? To become fruitful, to bear much fruit. And we can look to Galatians 6 and talk about the fruit of the Spirit. We can look throughout all Scripture and talks about the different characteristics of, of fruitfulness, whether it's graciousness, it's kindness, there's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and no one likes this one, self-control. No, it's not true. We all like it, but we don't like it because it's hard. And I, and I struggle with the best of them, right? But the reality is the goal of a, of a Christian's life is to be fruitful. And Jesus implies in verse 4 where he says this, Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. Think about all the categories of responsibility you carry today. I'm, I know I'm stressing some of you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Myself included. Whether it's parenting, whether it's your own responsibility to follow Jesus, as a child of God, as a son or a daughter, called into, adopted into God's family by the grace and blood of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection includes you and me now when we cross that line of faith. So whether it comes from our, our identity of belonging to his family, whether it comes to our responsibilities as a husband or a wife or a parent or an employer or a teacher or a neighbor or to be a productive member of society, it hinges, Jesus is saying, your fruitfulness hinges, your effectiveness hinges on remaining in me. If we don't remain in him, we're promised to not be as fruitful as we think. 
And I love week two. If you'll think about it, week two, Pastor Nick does a great job really breaking this down and drawing it to a conclusion. But I love the truth of this, the benefit of rest. The benefits of rest are, are directly attached to our obedience to rest. See, we can pursue benefits all we want. Well, I, I want to be more productive. I want to be more diligent. I want to be more wise and have better understanding and be able to make the right decisions in stressful situations. But if we're not being obedient to remain in Christ, we lack the full ability to be effective in the roles and the responsibilities we have. And so Jesus is saying, you can't have the benefits without remaining in me. He reminds us today that we have to remain in Jesus because the benefits of being effective, productive members of society as Christians hinges on being obedient to his call to rest. And then I love this in verse 8, to reiterate it, it says, my father is glorified by this. Then there's a colon. And it says that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. God is glorified by you and I producing much fruit and proving to be his disciples. He's glorified by that. And I can't think of one person who, who's professed faith in Christ that would say, you know what, my, my, my hope and my heart is that I don't glorify God. You know, I, I want to be a Christian, but you know what, I don't really care about glorifying God. I, I'm just going to be a Christian because I like the title. I, li I like the idea of picking up my cross and dying to myself. That's just a cool idea, but I don't care about glorifying God. No, I believe all of us, when we cross the line of faith, I want to glorify God. In my own life, in my own heart, in my own thoughts, in my own actions, in my children, and how I parent, and how I respond to their incessant, ongoing questioning, why, why, why? <laughs> in my job, I want to work as everything is unto the Lord. I want him to be glorified with how I respond to my boss and how I steward the responsibilities I've been given, how I manage people. I want to glorify God. We're glorifying God when we produce much fruit. We can't produce fruit unless we remain in him. Fruitfulness is the goal, and it's a byproduct of our obedience to rest. See, I love what Isaiah says. Isaiah is a prophet speaking to the Israelites. And I love the fact that he, he reveals to the Israelite people who God is. And in this small little passage, we, we get this great picture of who God is and the promises that exist from who God is. So he says this in chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. This is a very familiar passage for some of us in the room, but I want, I want to read it because I think it's so incredibly encouraging today. It says this, do you not know? Have you not heard? Which, quick side note, his audience would know these things, but he was calling them out because they, weren't, they were forgetting. He says, the Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the whole earth. He says he never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. And I love the way that Isaiah is pitching this idea and this truth and how it connects to our downtime series because I would simply suggest this for us today. For many of us in the room, choosing to rest in the midst of our schedules is a very large act of trust. 
See, some of us, you can tell me, hey, that's a great idea, Aaron. Rest is a really great concept. But do you know my schedule? I don't know your schedule. Do you know, do you know how many kids I have to parent? And I'm going to be honest with you, dads, for the most part, unless you're a single dad, we have a pretty, pretty good job. Because most of the time, at least this is true in my family, so maybe I'll just say my family, my kids love my wife more than they love me. <laughs> and I don't say that like, like brokenhearted because, I mean, there was moments where I was like, why do they love you more than they love me? Oh, wait, because I say no more than you do sometimes. <laughs> and I'm harsher in my, oh, man, okay, Lord, I need to, I need to rest more than I am, right? <laughs> but the thing that's crazy is like, you can say rest is a great idea, but what about my busy schedule? I'm a manager. I own my company. I have to put in the hours and put in the work. How do I rest in that demand? And that's a great question that I don't think God is silent to. I don't think scripture ignores. Because busyness is paramount. But rest multiplies. And so I think for a lot of us in the room today, to take a moment of rest is a very big step of trust. God, are you really going to help me be more effective? And Isaiah would speak very clearly to you today. And I would say this if I could be my best Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God. Do you know what everlasting means? It doesn't end. God doesn't have a cap. He doesn't have a limit. He doesn't run out of time. There's no expiration date. He is the everlasting God. No one's going to outlive him. No one's going to outstrengthen him. No one's going to outperform him. Isaiah is reminding the Israelite people, which inspires you and I to remember that God is the same yesterday, day, today, and forever. Right. He's the everlasting God. It doesn't stop there. He's the creator of the whole earth. Stop for a moment. I went camping a couple weeks ago. And it was gorgeous to look at the stars for a second. It wasn't as clear as I would hope it would be when I, I remember in my childhood seeing the Milky Way galaxy as bright as all get out. And I'm like, oh man, Lord, you created that? He created the whole earth. He spoke it into existence. He put a bunch of dirt together and, hey, there's Adam. He created the whole earth. Then it continues. He doesn't stop there. He says, he never, you know what never means? Never. <laughs> he never becomes weary or faint. There's no limit to his understanding. Some of y'all feel like you're out of your depth and unsure of how to do what you're supposed to be doing. You've been given a major role or you've been given new responsibilities or maybe you're, you're getting new children or, or whatever that looks like. You're taking on a new class, what, whatever it is. He doesn't run out of understanding. I love that scripture promises that the Holy Spirit who was sent to you and I as modern day followers of Jesus is intended to come alongside us, the paraclete, to encourage us. And scripture is also clear that he is intended to teach us all things about the truth of Jesus. He never runs empty. Then I love this. He says, youths may become faint and weary. And I don't know about you. I'm pushing 40 now, so I feel like I can say this. But, like, there's all these young whippersnappers out there that seem to have unending energy. And some of y'all are like, you can't say that. I got called out in the lobby earlier. And I said, I know. I'm saying that for more fun than anything else. 
But there's these people we look at, it's like, man, they have so much energy. If only I knew then what I know now, I would use that energy in such a different way. Isaiah calls out, even youths become weary and tired. See, if we put all of our hope in what was or what could be, we forget to remain in Jesus, we become ineffective. But when we take the step of faith to trust, then, okay, God, I'm going to divert today. In the midst of my busyness, I'm going to take a pause. I'm, gonna, I'm trusting that, we're, that lack of time that I'm putting in the work that you're going to multiply on the other end that you're gonna make me more effective in being gracious or wise or making the right decision. So when we take a step of faith, when we take a step of trust, God who's the same yesterday, today and forever does not grow weary. It's not 2022 and God's like, man, I've been around a long time. I just wanna sit back and relax. You can figure it out. He's the everlasting God. And I love that we get that hope today. We get that trust today. It says that when we trust in the Lord, we'll renew our strength. We'll rise up on wings like eagles. Now, it's not like we're going to be like Red Bull, who's supposed to give you wings, right? <laughs> but it means we'll be drawn closer to God as we take a step of faith and we trust in him and his ability to provide rest because then we become better parents. Then when situations come out of nowhere, we're not as stressed or as easily angered that we're able to make wise decisions in the midst of very difficult circumstances. I had a mentor of mine years ago when I was in Spokane. He ran his own business. And he would tell me every now and then there's be moments, he's like, man, I gotta figure out how to save money here. This was in 2009, 2010, which is still the, the, the downturn is still trying to wait for the, the economy to rebound from 2008. He has a construction company, he had to lay off half his team. And he looked at me and said, Aaron, there's moments that I just don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet because the cost of stuff is so drastic and I'm gonna lose money if we can't figure out a way to save. He's like, in the moments I'd be praying and I remember some farm, a farmland that I, my family owns that I own now and then there was this black corrugated pipe and I felt I knew right where to go because I felt like the Holy Spirit said dig there. And it was buried under all this brush and all this stuff but he found exactly what he needed to meet the job requirement and it saved him money on the back end. Because he chose to take moments, and this, he was one of the most faithful individuals when it came to resting, when it came to spending time with Jesus, when it came to prioritizing remaining in Jesus over staying engaged in all the work and responsibilities. The benefits of rest means you and I become more effective, more productive, more discerning. You're navigating hard situations. I, I can't even fathom some of the things that you guys have to navigate. But when we choose to rest in the midst of our day, of our week, or of our years, God takes that time that we've chosen to honor him with and multiplies it. Because we choose to put our anchor in him and him alone. Because we choose and are reminded in that moment of who God is. We're, we choose in that moment to remember his provision, to remember his faithfulness, to remember his comfort, to remember his care. I asked my wife earlier this weekend, because as I think through a list of, of categories that we all carry responsibilities for, whether we're, like I've said already, parents, employers, maybe we're college age and we are ramping up back to college or trying to save up enough money so we don't have to take out a ton of money in debt. 
Maybe we're working in the trade schools and there's different hur hurdles and hoops that we have to jump through. Maybe you're a teenager today and you're considering, I don't even know what my future holds, but I have bright dreams, but a whole lot of anxiety around the future because I just want to be successful. We carry all these different burdens. And one of the things that I asked my wife, because I can't speak to this, I can't even think or fathom what it means to be a mom because I'm a dad. And a mom who works, who has the most demanding schedule in all the world. I'm impressed with my wife more and more every day. But I asked her, I said, babe, how do, how do I encourage moms today? Because there's a demand that's on moms that I, I, I can't touch. And she texted me this morning and she just said, honestly, Aaron, the best thing you can do is tell moms that it's okay to take a break. That it's okay that your kids are gonna be okay if you take 15 minutes to yourself. I think she, she referred to in the text, like so I've heard moms put themselves in timeout. And it's a good thing to be in timeout if you're a mom. Because I think the weight that you moms carry is not, is not heavier than what dads carry, because I'm gonna be honest with you, being a dad is heavy too, but it's different. And if I could say anything to you moms today, single dads as well, it's okay to take a break for yourself. Your kids are going to be okay. What you're doing is you're taking a step of trust that my kids aren't gonna kill themselves or hurt each other. So I can take that 15 minutes, that I could take that 10 minutes of just recalibrating. The best I can compare, the best I, I can consider is in moments where I remember in college, and some of y'all in college, and it's like, man, I just got stressed all day. That's what I live in. And I remember sitting in front of my desk, there was a 10 page paper due the next day and I was really brilliant in college where I would do all my research right out the gate and then I'd wait till the night before to write my paper. <laughs> and this is not an advocate that God's gonna reward you for being lazy, don't be lazy. I've had to learn the hard way. But I remember in moments, and this is what I'm referring to, I remember moments where I'd feel really stressed and anxious about what, what I have to accomplish in a short window of time rather than just drink a lot of energy drinks and try and stay up till the wee hours in the morning, I remember I would catch myself when the anxiety and the stress started to, sh to increase. And I said, you know what, I'm done. I'd pause, I'd have worship music playing all the time because I needed it a lot in college and I still need it a lot today. But it would remind me, it would recenter me and I'd stop and I literally would lean back in my chair and say, God, I'm sorry for being lazy, but I need you, I'm stressed. I got this paper I gotta crank out, but Lord, I, I, I'm just overwhelmed and, and not focused and I'm not able to make decisions or, or have the right intro or have the right setup. I just need you to minister to me, Holy Spirit. Comfort my life, comfort my heart. And I give him two or three minutes and I let the worship music or the song play. I take a deep breath and then I'd start typing. And I'd finish my paper I'd turn it in, I'd probably get a C average or grade on it because I didn't do as much work as I should have done because you should have written a rough draft and reviewed it and wrote another draft. But what was the most profound for me, this is not, like I said, it's not an advocate for, hey, be lazy and God covers you, but it was the practice of saying, God, I just need you to minister to me because I'm stressed out. Sometimes it's self-inflicted, <laughs> but God meets us when we choose to pause and rest. And I love the practice and the challenge for you and I today is simply this. As followers of Christ, the goal is that we would be productive members of society. Dare I say it this way? We are called to be ambassadors. 
where we love God and love others well. And when we're not loving others well, when we're, when we're, we're slacking on our love for God, meaning we maintain relationship and pro- proximity, oftentimes it hinges and it hurts our effectiveness as ambassadors. But as God's call on our lives to be effective and productive members of society to thwart spiritual hangriness, what needs to change in your schedule today? If I were to ask you anything, I always try and view it as if I'm having coffee with you, probably because I'm a coffee addict. But if I were to simply say, okay, let's look at your day and let's look at this week. Where do you need to, to divert 10 or 15 minutes today to evaluate your week, to find a moment that you can withdraw? One of the things my wife reminded me of is in her work, she is re- they're required to give her 15 minute breaks every four hours. And so she's like, I can take one of those 15 minute breaks and go on a walk and pray and spend time with Jesus and just ask him to recharge me, to refresh me, to replenish me. Because we wanna live and lead from a place of rest, not in the emergency situation where I need rest or I'm gonna blow up. So what in your schedule and in your calendar do you need to start planning for now that plays into the rest of your life? Don't leave today without that moment. And if you've got to spend 10 minutes in your car with your AC on, by all means do it. If you need to spend 10 minutes because your AC doesn't work like my car and hang out in the lobby, do it. Because in order to experience the benefits, the multiplication of God's faithfulness, the benefits of rest are anchored to our obedience to rest. I want to pray for you today. God, I thank you for the reminders that we have from you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your covering over every bit of our lives. God, our hearts, and I believe this with everything in me, is to glorify you. We want to bear much fruit and we want to prove to be your disciples because the world that we know needs you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that each of us in this room today would leave here with a deep conviction, not just a sense, but a conviction to be diligent with our rest so we can honor you and lead and love well. Because God, it's you we wanna glorify. And we thank you for the opportunity to be reminded of that this time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Message Podcast. To keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, or check us out at our website, grove.church.